You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for October 7th, 2016. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from Ted Cruz's constitutional conservative phone sex line. It's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Talking dirty on the phone to people. Uh huh. Hey baby, what you wearing? Leaving leaving voicemails for people who are on the Donald Trump mailing list. Yeah. Yeah. And and somebody got there with a camera. <laughs> and, and he didn't mention Donald Trump's name at all on his phone call on the voicemail. So they'll just plug that in. <laughs> they'll just hire Hank Azaria or somebody. Yeah. You know, yeah. baby, if you're thinking about voting constitutionally, vote for Donald Trump. <laughs> and why not? Because the people you are calling are inherently dumb enough to fall for it. So, um, but really, I, I really, I would like to have Ted Cruz's um, voice on my answering machine. I think you would? Be, oh yeah, that'd be awesome. On on as an option, sure. When I want, you know, when we're being bombarded by surveys from everywhere under the sun and, and uh, cold, cold charity. <laughs> Hello, That's this true. is Ted That's Cruz. <laughs> have you voted your conscience? <laughs> just click, yeah, know? that's true. All the pollsters and people wanting wanting money calling us should get that. That's true. That's true. I don't know. Um, first of all, uh, I want to apologize to everyone if there's any problem with our audio today. We're doing something a little different. Uh, we are one door away from one another instead of two rooms away from one another. I'm trying to connect my laptop directly to the internet and not use Wi-Fi to see if we get a better quality out of Skype today. So technical difficulties are going to be, um, we, we just apologize if there are any. And uh, we're just trying to play with things and see if we can improve the sound quality overall. And frankly, if Hal Sparks can do it, so can we. Oh, jeez. Bless his heart. God bless Hal Sparks. Yeah. He, he has technical difficulties most of the time. Every, and I think, every I think it's because he's a techie. I think well, it's just because, you he's know. A, he's a techie and he's always traveling. Yeah. So he's and always in some hard. conference yeah. room somewhere. And let's try this. Let's put this in line. Let's put this in series. I wonder what this does. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's basically. Well, that's what I mean by him being a techie. He tries so many different things. And so, of course, it is always beta. Yeah. You know, every time he he does something. Uh, I also wanted to point out um, the Breitbart fail of the week. In yeah. addition Cruz, um, a guy writing at Breitbart who's written two ugly books about how Hillary Clinton is an awful person uh, mentioned that, uh, you know, she's the one who is temperamentally unfit to be president because the way Donald Trump and his surrogates work is it is it is. Definitely the Pee Wee Herman line of defense. Oh, yes. I know you are, but what am I? Yeah. I'm rubber, you're glue. <laughs> right, uh, exactly. And so anybody who says that Donald Trump is temperamentally unfit, which is, that is the main line of attack. Right. In case anyone has missed that, that is the main line of attack from the Clinton campaign to the Trump campaign, which is he is simply temperamentally unfit to be president. And I disagree with that, but well, I that's right. that line of attack, but line of attack. But mm -hmm. at any rate, uh, this article said that, you know, when Hillary was in grade school, she uh, found a she and a male schoolmate of hers found a 
baby bunny nest. And she told her male counterpart, don't touch the bunnies in the nest. And uh, she came back and found out that this boy had been grabbing baby bunnies and giving them to his uh, schoolboy friends. And she punched him in the nose, according to this report, Mm -hmm. this report on Breitbart. Yeah. And that proves that she uses people as a punching bag, Griff Glass. Yeah, it proves something. <laughs> uh, Everybody else said, you know, it proves that she really uh, gets passionate about uh, small defenseless animals and other defenseless things. And stands and, between them and people who want to abuse them. Exactly. It reminded me, too, of the taco truck incident. Yeah. Where somebody thought they were being, you know, a looming... <laughs> Yeah. Terror, terror of taco trucks on his every culture, corner. His culture is so dominant, says <laughs> the that one Hispanic spokesman for Donald Trump. My culture is so dominant. You have to keep us in check or else there'll be a taco truck on every corner. And everybody said, really? Wait, Promise? You swear? You absolutely swear? Because that would be awesome. So, uh, yeah. So I, it, it's, uh, they definitely stepped in it. Everybody seems to love baby bunnies, and I don't see why not. It says a lot. Really, this is the MRI of the Republican Party, because it says mm-hmm. a lot about what, first of all, how fucked in the head you are to, to bring this up at all. This is how you're so far below the bottom of the barrel at this point for to find something to be mad about. But you really think this reflects badly on the person who stood up for the bunny, right? Not the <laughs> idiot who's telling the story and trying to get a rise out of the idiots who will read it and go, yeah. She's a bully. She's a big old bully. And I, 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 I sort of am, am staggered at how completely, utterly clueless these people, they really, they don't talk to anybody but their fellow bigot. Yeah. And they yeah. have no idea. This is the tribe that rubs shit in its hair. And they well, have no idea I, how bad this is. If I could have are. a wish, you know, with a, with a gobzillion dollars and just be able to make anything happen to, uh-huh. to improve the world, it would be to take all of the Trump supporters and force them, but in a loving way, to travel the world yeah. for three weeks mm-hmm. and just see what other people around the world are like. See what other education systems and health systems are. Visit a hospital in Sweden, you know, <laughs> just see what uh, a town, a, a middle class town in Egypt actually looks like. You know, and and have that experience, and all of a sudden, uh, the world isn't quite so scary. And if you're not so scared, then maybe you're not so stupid. Yeah. But uh, that's never going to happen. No. Anyway, uh, Drift Glass, you had a post at your blog this week. Uh oh. I knew there'd be a <laughs> now test. I knew there'd be a trouble. quiz. I don't know. okay, fine. Uh, but your commenters are very very smart, by the way. They I. Are. I'm impressed with how on topic they are and how uh, delightful it is to sort of go into into that bar and hear people having conversations. Mm-hmm. And there was one person at one of your posts that talked about, and I believe it was the, um, it may have been the For Love of Country post, which was the Burt Lancaster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Judgment at Nuremberg. Yeah. Judgment at Nuremberg, right. And you have a commenter named Banker Puppy uh-huh. who... Uh, talked about forgiveness and i'd like to just read his first comment he left a couple comments at your place he said i'm really bad at sharing the spotlight with anyone blue gal but if you are going to insist (laughs) go right ahead (laughs) will not forgiving those who should know better really make any of us better people forgiveness is the decision that restoring one one's own peace is more important than disrupting someone else's 
I don't have to validate or sympathize with Trump voters, but I'm not going to be pissed off going forward over what's happened in the past. Come November 9th, I need to be at peace with everything about this election cycle so I can live my life creating what I love to create and changing the things that are mine to change. I'm not giving up by forgiving. Far from it. I'm saying no to anger and frustration about the past and claiming my present and my future as my own. And so... That brings up the issue of forgiveness, which is sort of our theme today. Um, and I, I'm not going to do Bible bitch because everybody knows this verse. So it, this is fine. But um, the, when Jesus is on the cross and the Roman soldiers are throwing dice for his cloak, right? And Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And when I was thinking about the theme of our show today and thinking, okay, the perfect Bible verse for the show is for Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And as I pondered that, I thought, oh, you know what? Jesus never forgave their actions. No. He never said, it's okay that they're rolling dice while I'm dying. Mm-hmm. It's okay that they're laughing at me while they while they are slowly murdering me by suffocation. Yeah, putting that's, a spear in my side. That's okay. I forgive them. That is not what he did. He turned to God and said, Father, they're ignorant. They don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're – well, I'm going to let you riff on this because I – I think we don't have to forgive the actions of Trump supporters or bigots or anyone who hates because that activity is unforgivable. And it's unforgivable in ourselves as well. I think we I think banker puppy is right. You have to live with yourself and not be governed by hate. Mm-hmm. We've had we've had criticism on Facebook about that, that somehow we're telling other people that they hate while we hate conservatives. And I try in my conversations to not make this about people mm-hmm. make it about attitudes and actions and policies but i slip up <laughs> every once in a while uh and so talk to me about where you are with this particularly in relation to the clip from Burt lancaster that you ran at your blog yeah. which was about nazi germany yeah it was if you I, haven't seen um judgment at nuremberg first of all it has everybody in it Mm-hmm. It has Marlena Dietrich. It has Judy Garland. Um, it has Spencer Tracy. It has William Shatner, for God's sakes. Mm. And, you know, I, I last week was all about fat shaming, but we ignore the shat shaming that goes on with people who <laughs> acknowledge that they like William Shatner, even though he's nuts and he overacts the system. <laughs> um, but it, it's a it's a wonderful movie. It's this is the um, this is the judgment uh, of the judges the people a very specific topic the people who presided over the courts in germany and after the allies have won the war they've convened a council and actually stephanie miller's father who was barry goldwater uh, yeah barry goldwater's running mate was one of the judges at nuremberg so you know this is how far his party has sunk frankly yeah um and it's first of all if anyone needs to forgive anyone for anything to for their own mental health, I urge them to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, that being said, it is not within my um, jurisdiction to forgive people for what they've done to everybody else. It's just not within my jurisdiction to forgive someone a, a large mob of people for what they have done consistently over the last thirty years and more, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they won't stop doing it. Um, I I. I don't know where you draw the line about the past because mm-hmm. if if you've done something horrendous two minutes ago and you're standing over the you know bloody remains of the thing you beat to death and you have a hammer in your hand, well the, the event itself is in fact over, 
and uh, you don't, and you're happy about it. You're proud of what you've done. Uh, well, technically, that event has now taken place in the past. And I guess rushing ahead and say, "Well, I forgive you for doing that," because I want to get on with my life is, you know, for your mental health, that's fine. Um, but that person is not going to stop doing that. Mm -hmm. The yeah. problem is. We did forgive these people. Um, they were let off the hook. They were um, given a pass uh, after Iran-Contra, mm -hmm. <laughs> after, after Lee Atwater, Watergate. after Watergate, after they uh, spent seven years, six, seven years trying to destroy Bill Clinton. Um, after uh, the Bush administration, Barack Obama said, look, let's put all this behind us. Let's, we have these huge problems. Let's all work together. And these people said, oh, this is awesome. Now we can fuck with this guy. Mm -hmm. And every time you forgive them, every time you give them a pass, every time that happens, they take it as weakness. And they come yeah. back at your throat immediately thereafter. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I believe in, in the Lincoln method of forgiveness, that we should all be brothers. We should all be friends. We must not hate each other. But first we have to destroy you. <laughs> First, we have to take your movement and burn it to the fucking ground. First, we have to humiliate you in front of the world. First, we have to show the world that we are not like you, that you are not Americans, that you are not good citizens. And we have to basically drag your party figuratively through the street. And the the judgment at Nuremberg, the reason that uh, that movie jumped out at me this week was um, the speech, not just that Burt Lancaster gives about how he loves, uh, how this all happened was because of a love of country and fear. And in fear, we turned to someone who, who we said, well, this was just a temporary measure. But, you know, we, yeah, we know this is wrong. Uh, but the other speech, the one I would pair with that, is um, Spencer Tracy's speech. When he talks about those who knowingly went along with what happened and knew it was wrong. They knew it was wrong. There can be no forgiveness for people like that. Without atonement and repentance, there can be no forgiveness for that. There are well, people's... and that's the difference between... The uh, Iowa voter who's just in on the farm and right. has never been anywhere and has no black people in their community and sees on the TV that a brown person has create has committed a terrorist attack and is uneducated and just makes illogical conclusions based on what Fox News tells him. Right. And Paul Ryan. Right. And Paul Ryan. <laughs> exactly. There are right. people, right, and this is not 10 years ago or five years ago or a year ago mm. or a minute ago. This week. This is yeah. this week, and after the election, they're going to go right back to doing this. Yeah, so, uh, Paul Ryan has has said to his billionaires, the people that are paying him to run, you know, paying him to be Speaker of the House, basically, mm -hmm. uh, that uh, if Donald Trump's elected and they keep the Congress, that his plan is to use uh, budget reconciliation for a massive three billion dollar tax cut, not billion, can't trillion, be. three trillion dollars with a T. Gotta be. And uh, also, he's going to repeal. They are really going to repeal Obamacare. Yeah, they're really going to do it. They'll, they'll throw twenty and million people. And but you know what? Off of the health insurance. On, yep. on the other hand, they will have been forgiven. So then we have. Then <laughs> well, we have they'll to, be justified because. No, I mean, we, because right? this is the part that is is doesn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, if you know a criminal is going to go right on fucking your life up. Yep. How do you keep paroling them? How do you keep letting them off the hook? How do you keep saying, well, you know, I need to forgive this person. Okay. And and you know to an absolute moral certainty that the minute they're out of your sight, they're going to turn right around and fuck you up again. At what point do you say, you know what, I need to forgive them after I've broken their thumb? Well, after I don't. I think the people that we put in charge of making those judgments mm -hmm. are the media. And that's the problem. And we forget 
that they the media is not Walter Cronkite and is certainly not Spencer Tracy. Well, that the the media is a very comfortable that the cable news media is not the media that we grew up with. They're a very comfortable, well-paid uh, group that has skin in the game mm-hmm. in terms of Social Security taxes, in terms of tax cuts, in terms of all kinds of policy, and they will never be without health insurance. Mm-hmm. So for, for the people on Morning Joe, who were the people that I single out, mm-hmm. uh, particularly this week because Mika decided to get really uh, huffy and say that uh, Hillary Clinton shouldn't attack Donald Trump on taxes. He didn't. He didn't break any laws. Right. If there are no laws broken with him not paying taxes for 18 years, you just need to get off that subject. Right. You just get over it. Get over and it. I said, well, well, Mika, we don't need to look at your taxes then, yeah. <laughs> right? right? And and the the point of that is that she, at the same time, has done how many hundreds. Of segments on Hillary Clinton's emails, yeah, where there are where no laws were broken, right? And so th- the fact that she she is the one that she and her cohorts are the ones that we have decided will judge this mm-hmm. for everybody. Well, and, and there's right. a th- this is there is a distinction between those who know better mm-hmm. and those who do not. I I understand that, but the line between the two is not nearly as clear and bright for me as it is for perhaps you or, or maybe other people. And the reason I say that is because I mentioned this, I think I mentioned this last week. Um, these are not a conquered people. Conservatives, yeah. are, conservatives are not a subjugated class in this country like North Korea. They can, if they choose to, just go fucking look it up. If someone mm-hmm. comes on you know, their, their TV machine or they're sitting with the all-caps email they spread around among each other that Barack Obama is not really a citizen like these dumbass Iowa voters. Yeah, no, he never showed his... his. You know what? Yeah. First Florida of all, voters. Yeah. you learned yeah. that on Fox and you had it reinforced by your stupid friends and their stupid email. So you have access to a computer somewhere. If you even wanted to, if you had any desire whatsoever to, to look into it yourself, to pick up that rock... You could have done it in five minutes. Every conservative lie falls apart in th- with three mouse clicks, five five tops. So my question is, what's preventing them from doing that? It's not a lack. They're not walled off from the world. They're not. They're not. Uh, their, their internet isn't shut down. It's because. But, but the three mouse clicks can always take them to Alex Jones, Drift Glass. Well, what, but that's the point. That's the point. Yeah, yeah. When someone says, no, that's just not true, they could, in fact, go look it up themselves. They could. I mean, yes, if, if they're – but if their three mouse clicks always takes them to Alec Jones and right. always takes them to um, to Instapundit Insta or Breitbart, right. 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 Um, they're choosing to be lied to mm-hmm. because there are thousands of other sources out there they could look up. And when, when you intrude those sources into their thinking, remember what happens with Snopes. Well, that's a liberal outfit. Right. That's a liberal outfit. You know that every time anyone says anything that doesn't agree with the, the, the shit that they just shoved in their skull from Breitbart, they have an excuse ready. Well, the excuse if you if you lived in East Germany was there's a big wall and they will shoot us if we try to leave. Mm-hmm. There is no mm-hmm. excuse if you're a fucking Iowan mm-hmm. and choosing to, to fill your head with bullshit and decade after decade, lie after lie, you see it all fall apart. You know the Iraq war was bullshit because you saw it happen in front of you. You know George Bush was chosen by Supreme Court justices. You know that Barack Obama has been screwed by your party. The problem is you don't care. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know what? That's a different that's a different class of animal for me. 
than someone who is just too mentally stunted to get up off of whatever, you know, out of their barca lounger and figure it out for themselves. These people are choosing to remain ignorant because, and I maintain this, and I will continue to maintain this, that the alternative is so terrifying to them mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. can't stand it. The alternative is that they they really are the the redneck chumps that liberals have told them they were. They really are that stupid. They really are that bigoted. And liberals have been right about them all along. And they can't bear that reflection in the mirror. So they will keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into sin and ignorance and madness and until they die. There's no way back for them. Really, there isn't. And I feel sorry for them. But it is that but that is in I, I will agree that's one distinct class of person. The other distinct class are people who know what they're doing is monstrous. Yep. They do it anyway because it's profitable or convenient mm-hmm. or, in some cases, as we know in our in our community, because it's family. Yeah. Well, before we get to family, uh, I, I also want to say that for a lot of people, politics, and you've said this before on your blog, politics is no different from supporting the University of Alabama football team. Right. It's team and tribe and identity. And you identify, I I think of this because I spent 14 years in Alabama. You know, you're a Christian and a Republican and a Bama fan. And those three things are meshed in your identity. Uh, You would no uh, sooner denounce uh, a Republican or being a Republican than you would denounce being a Christian or you would denounce being a Bama fan because – all of those things are part of your tribe. And so when uh, it is when there is a concerted effort on the part of Rush Limbaugh and right wing media to convince you that government's evil, government's wrong, government can't do anything. And that that's a core principle of being a conservative is that government can't do anything. Then you wind up with the stakes being very low in terms of changing Congress. Right. Uh-huh. And you can win and you can lose and you can win. The, you can lose the White House, but you keep the Congress. And it's all about sort of just this nefarious scorekeeping that has nothing to do with your actual life. And so I think when that happens, you're not thinking of yourself as making a difference in the world with that. You're just thinking about I'm going to make liberals mad. Right. Yeah, that's well, go ahead. No, that that's that's it. That, so that so that I don't think people who uh, go along with this and then they have the mainstream media, which says, well, it's both sides. Right. And so, again, it, it it's the lowering of the temperature to where it really doesn't matter one way or the other, whether you're Republican or a Democrat. Both sides are equally bad. Right. That, that is that is it, uh, if you scratch a conservative mm-hmm. after if you catch them. Immediately mm-hmm. after a lie blows up in their face, right? The, whether it's the first lie they've told or the thousand, the alibi is always the same. Both, well, sides. both sides. Both sides. Yep. yep. And so you have to really go after. You have to take down the people who are selling that lie because right. all all it is is an alibi for concern. At this point, there is no sane reason anyone in the journalistic profession can possibly come up with why this is a legitimate line of inquiry or a legitimate. A form of analysis. It is obvious that it's, this is, as I said before, this is the big lie that protects all the little lies. And if you are doing it and you're getting paid to do it, then you are one of the people who should be on trial at Nuremberg. You're one of the people who are enabling this knowingly because it's professionally advantageous for you to do that or you're too lazy to do otherwise. But no sane person can look at 
Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump and say, well, not a dime's worth of difference. Except yep. Matthew Dowd does it every fucking day of his life. And, and ABC News hires him to do that every day of his life. And this is where Donald Trump has also exposed... This is something we chatted about a little little while ago. The flaws in liberal thinking. Mm -hmm. The giant MRI that is the Trump campaign has also exposed the, the deep flaws in liberal thinking. Um, they're they're critical. They're not fatal, but they're critical. And they're 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 the uh, defects of our virtues, as the saying goes. We believe people are persuadable. We believe if you stack enough facts in front of people and gently carry them along through. A to B, B to C, C to D. They will eventually figure out that oh, there's a sequence to things, and there's you know there's temporal linearity, and there's history, and there's facts, and there's data, and and these things add up to things that conclusions can be drawn from. And I'm sorry, but for about 30 to 40 million Americans, that is not true. And we have to get it through our heads that. When it comes to politics and culture, you are reasoning, you're trying to reason with a farm animal. You're trying mm -hmm. to reason with a computer <laughs> who, who does not fathom what the fuck you're talking about. All certainly, is, certainly, I wouldn't go that far, but I would certainly say you were arguing with a different tribe that does not speak the language that would allow you to convince them of anything. Yeah. No, I, no. I, I, this, and this is why I, I take it to that next level. Because mm -hmm. I can point to the sun rising in the east and say, look, it's rising in the east. And they will gouge their eyes out rather mm -hmm. than acknowledge that that is true. So it's not that we have a different opinion about which side of the planet the sun comes up on. It's that they will not acknowledge their own that, that facts mean anything or that their own statements, people who screamed about their deficits are not a problem when Bush was president, suddenly became deficit hawks when the black guy took over. Mm -hmm. They will mm -hmm. not acknowledge that ever happened. It's not that we changed our mind or we have a different point of view or deficits are suddenly important. No, they just say that never happened. And that's why Donald Trump is so appealing to them. Because Donald Trump doesn't try to reason with anybody. He just says, I never said that. Here's the video. I never said that. But here's you literally saying it on video five. Nope, never happened. Never said it. That appeals to those people, not because they have a different relationship to facts, but because they are wired differently. Mm -hmm. They are down in the brain where it matters. They are, they are almost at a, at a biological level incapable of processing reality the way normal people are. And it is incredibly dangerous for liberals to continue to believe that, well, if they just have enough facts. And this is that leads to the second liberal problem, which is surely this time people will learn their lesson. <laughs> no, they won't. Fuck no, they won't. Not unless we make them learn. But here's the deal, Driftglass. I do think that there are uh, individual and maybe even larger small groups of people in the media that are learning their lesson. And part of the reason they're learning their lesson, we learned this last week, is that they're finding out that calling out lies yeah. actually gets rating yeah, yeah. and now actually that, gets attention. That got my attention. That yeah. you, you absolutely got my got my attention with that. Yeah. And there, there's a, a, a note that someone just passed to me because, you know, we have a lot of assistance here. No. I'm cold running. <laughs> no, um, it's a mediaite. I'll write it up later about how Dean Baquette. Oh, that's what I was just going to bring up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who said Donald I, Trump has finally given us the courage, right, right, to do our fucking job? Exactly. And, exactly. Wow, and this okay. is at Neiman. This is at Neiman Lab. The the interview is at Neiman Labs. Uh -huh. um, he gave us the courage to assert what seemed to be factually correct. And I want to go back and read a little further back sure, than sure, that, sure. if you don't yeah. mind. Um, I think Donald Trump has challenged our language. This is the uh, Dean Beckett is the New York Times. Executive editor. Executive editor? I, I believe so. Executive, executive editor. Yes, he is. Executive yeah. editor of New York Times. Okay. And he said, 
Donald Trump has challenged our language. He will have changed journalism. He really will have. I was either editor or managing editor of the L.A. Times during the Swift Boat incidents. Uh-huh. Newspapers did not know. We did not quite know how to do it. I remember struggling with the reporter who covers the media now, trying to get him to write the paragraph that laid out why the Swift Boat allegation was false. Uh-huh. We, meaning this reporter and his editor, didn't know how to write a paragraph that said, this is just false. Yep. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the impact that had on that election that the L.A. Times could not say the words in print, this is just false? Well, not they did not know how to. They did not know how to. And this is why. Because that's were... not that is not the view from nowhere. That is not taking. uh the uh, disinterested position, right? Well, the, the la- I mean, the, the position that every lazy ass pundit takes, right. which is whoever is on the left today and whoever's on the right today, draw a line between, bisect that line, and that's where you should be. Because middle is great, center is great, third parties will solve all our problems, and both sides are to blame for everything. Right. That is the absolute mother's milk. That is mm-hmm. absolute. That there's a church, and this is David Brooks's Church of Lyontology. He, mm-hmm. This is his religion, and this is the religion. This is the, but at a certain level, um, I think Dean Banquette should just fire a lot of people because, <laughs> because if you don't have a reporter on your staff who can look at someone pointing to the sun rising in the east and saying, "But maybe it's rising in the west," that person shouldn't have a journalism in their resume. Mm-hmm. That person mm-hmm. should be. Fired. If you have someone on, on who's writing op-ed saying this shit every fucking day for the last 12 years or 15 years, you should fire that person mm-hmm. because they're utterly incompetent at their job. Unless, of course, that's what their job is. Yep. Unless, of course, you and the rest of the clowns who run the media hired these people, hired the Cora Lewandowski's of the world in order to tell that story because the people who own your paper or operate your paper or have enormous influence over your paper are a small group of rich idiots who live on the Upper West Side or Upper East Side who don't want to hear that one side is wrong. Because mm-hmm. that'll mm-hmm. fuck up everything. Mm-hmm. They want to hear a fairy tale about yeah. how everybody's wrong. Isn't it a shame how everybody got everything wrong? That's the fairy tale they want to hear. And they will make it known to you if you step over that line. And that's why I have... This is where uh, Charlie Pierce, who, uh, who most of you know, uh, writes for a magazine called Esquire. <laughs> and occasionally borrows adjectives from me, but I borrow them from him too. So, so we're okay. We're cool. Charlie and I are very cool. But here's the thing. There, he wrote a, a long piece this week, but embedded in there was the paragraph that basically this time they've gone too far. Mm-hmm. This time the scoundrels have finally overreached. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I have to believe that's not true. It's, it's only true if this is true. Because we watched the the the, the uh, river of Lefe, the forgetfulness, close over the media after Clinton disappeared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we watched it close over them again when George Bush violated everything he said during his campaign. Mm-hmm. And then we watched, oh my goodness, look what's happening. He's a, and we watched it. And then we watched the Bush administration fall apart, just like liberals said it would. And then we watched in shock as 20 million people, 30 million people put on funny hats and said, I never voted for George Bush. I was never part of that. I'm part of this thing called the Tea Party. I'm an independent. And the media went right along with that, too. I mean, we thought that the atrocities of the Bush administration were so gargantuan and public. And everyone had pinned their had pinned themselves to that administration so hard that there'd be no way. There'd be no fucking way that they could just deny it ever happened. Mm-hmm. And yet a couple of crazy liberal bloggers... 
and I was one of them, said, oh, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Mark my words, George Bush will be the parachute pants of this generation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everybody wears them now. But in a couple of years, when it looks really stupid to have done that, they'll swear they never wore them. They had no idea what you're talking about. And there's no pictures to prove otherwise. And but here's, not... here's the thing that's changed even from the Bush administration. Uh -huh. uh, two things. One is Twitter. True. And uh, Twitter is where millennials are getting their news. Excellent they're, point. They're not getting it from mainstream media. And I noticed that last night. We have a relative who lives in Florida. Uh -huh. And I went on Twitter to look up the town where she lives because <laughs> yeah. I, I she's it turns out she's out of town she's actually she was actually traveling and uh so I couldn't call her but uh I looked up on Twitter the town where she lives and it turns out that Alabama power is going down to Florida in preparation for the hurricane to uh help to help restore power you know that this is what happens these power companies all work together and come down and do all the restoration when when there's a bad storm and they picked and her town they picked their... her town as their base as their base camp for yeah. where they're going to start all their trucks getting out to turn to restore power to the coast mm -hmm. so i i knew given that she lives in a higher elevation in central florida she's she's probably going to be okay uh but Looking at that and noticing the number of people who use Twitter from South Florida and from coastal Florida to tell everyone where they are. Absolutely. Yep. yep. <laughs> and the reason I looked up her town and everybody's gone to Gainesville, you know, that's where everybody's gone. So uh, but that's where this large group of people who are highly desirable customers to their advertisers are going for their news. The other thing is smartphones and how we now have video of how police are behaving. You know, the, the number of people I have heard on Twitter say these police shootings were going on in the 70s. These police shootings were going on. Yep. We know what the Chicago Police Department had this private torture chamber for, you know, mostly African-American people. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, police brutality against minorities has been going on for a very long time. Now we have pictures of it. Now we have video of it. And that ch has changed the dynamic of the conversation. And going back to this Beckett interview, this to me is the most important sentence in the entire discussion. Uh -huh. uh, Beckett said, I think video has tremendous economic possibilities. Yep. And huge journalistic possibilities also. <laughs> we are now at the point where if Arthur Sulzberger came down here to my office and said, we've just decided we're never going to make a nickel from video. I would say to him, well, I have to figure out how I'm going to keep doing video. Mm -hmm. So it's not a question of if. Because he knows, Beckett knows that the relevance of his product depends upon having video, right? Yes, absolutely. It's not a question. It's not a question of money. It's a question of relevance. Mm -hmm. So uh, that is a huge change for journalism. That mm -hmm. user provided, and and again, you and I have had huge criticisms for. Uh, you know, the HuffPo model of send us your stories and we'll right. publish them for free and right. we won't have to, you know, and we love user generated content because yeah. it doesn't cost us anything and uh, we can make tons of money on it. So uh, we're critical of that. But this this um, idea that journalism is dependent upon uh, the eyes and ears of all of us now, not just the top down. It's now bottom up. I think makes a huge difference in terms of 
not only how we talk about things, but how we remember things. And and you can say to a group of people who are not Trump supporters, I'm sorry, I'm talking about sane people here. Sure. You say you say the word hoodie and Skittles. Yeah. That generates a visceral emotional reaction from people who who know exactly what you're talking about. They know the injustice of that. And so I think we are not, I think we're changing the dynamic of how, not only how we talk about things, but how we remember things. And I think that's going to change things long-term. I've already heard people talking on Twitter about, you know, we are never going to forget the Congress people who stood by Trump and never wavered. You're, You're labeled with him for life. Yeah. We'll see how that works out. I, I hear the skepticism in your voice, and yeah. I agree with it. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. If you are in a safe district, what do you care? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and yeah. most of them are in a safe district. Yep. Most yep. of them do not have to fight for their job. Most of them are terrified that someone more Trumpier than them is going to come along and take it away. Primary and, and have big money to primary them, yeah. <clears throat> and I agree. There's there's a change going on at the, at the, gra- at the ground level, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, but there is enormous pressure coming from where the money comes from yeah to yeah. keep the narrative intact because you cannot have you cannot have a country um, and run it like the New York Times runs it or Comcast runs it or, or the other corporations you can't have a country in which one of the two political parties is insane mm-hmm. and everyone acknowledges it yeah it has to be something else you can't have a country where 30 million of your customers you have to say those people are crazy yeah because then they yeah. won't buy your dick pills or your reverse mortgage. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. The, the desperate need, and this is, again, this will evolve. This will go away. Newspapers used to be a different way completely. When when Mark Twain was working in newspapers, they were yellow scandal sheets. Yeah, um, yeah. Corporate media is a relatively new invention. But the idea that because I have video, now things will change uh, is true for some people. But, I, I, again, I think the pitfall is it's true for the people that it's already true for. Yeah, yeah. And for the people, it doesn't matter. You can, I mean, Hillary Clinton's commercials are basically Donald Trump saying shit, and then Donald Trump saying the opposite of that shit, and someone going, "Can you believe this shit?" This is this is John Stewart's whole thing when he when he ran the Daily Show. It wasn't, you know, it was good writing, but most of it was pointing a camera at these lying sacks of shit, going, "Can you believe they're saying this?" Mm-hmm. And for the people who watched Comedy Central, it was, "Yep, yep, absolutely." And for the people that that voted for them, they didn't care. Yeah. And we're still going to be two very, very divided countries uh, for a very long time. And so mm-hmm. I think our job as liberals, especially since we are a relatively powerless minority in this country, is to at least acknowledge and start working our, our heads around the fact that stop trying to reason with people who reject reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and secondly, wherever you can, make Chuck Todd very uncomfortable. Well, and make anyone uncomfortable who is, who is afraid of the controversy right. to say, look, you can't be afraid anymore. You have to stand up. And the, and once you've done that, you'll find out it it's important to do it. Right. <laughs> so, um, okay, where do you want to go from here, Drake Glass, with our convo? Well, I'd like to at least mention that uh, Julian Assange had faked the entire <laughs> the entire alt right movement. We called it Wiki Rolled. Yeah. <laughs> He that, walked that, out and said, <laughs> "Oh, by the way, that happened this week too." Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That uh, Julian Assange uh, basically dangled his his dick in the water for a while and got a whole bunch of people lined up to go. Finally, Hillary will be taken down and we will be vindicated. And well, it he got, out it he was, got Crazy Uncle Liberty to stay up until three in the morning too, right? I mean, 
Yeah. Because yeah. eventually they start running reruns on Fox. And well, then what are you going to do? <laughs> um, and then it turned out to be, you know, bullshit. It turned out to be, they rick they rickrolled her. Yeah. And it was hilarious. And just watching that sort of ebb and flow. Um, I also wanted to mention that um, this was the week of the debate. So we're doing this on Friday. The presidential debate's on Sunday. I may or may not be in St. Louis for it. I don't know at this point, but we'll see. You know, wherever I am, I'll be I'll be uh, sipping something, and I'll be writing about it. And you can follow along or not as you see fit. But um, what you watched, it's important to remember, and I, I mentioned this before, it's important to remember that what you watched uh, when the vice presidential people stood up and talked to each other was not a debate. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Go to the high school forensic debate rules. If you lie, you lose. Yeah. It's yeah. a pretty basic rule of debate. You have to treat, you know, there's a lot of stuff about time and effort and logic and presentation and, you know, so forth. And what judges are supposed, but there's a specific set of rules that say, here's what judges are supposed to do. And if the judge is the American people, then you can throw those rules out the window because there is no American people. There yeah. are, there are small and large groups of, of, factions, partisans, who believe various things. And they don't talk to each other. They don't agree with each other. Um, in no debate I was ever in, when I was in high school, was the debate won or lost two hours later in the spin yes. room. Right, right, um, right. But most importantly, if you just stand up like Mike Pence did and lie your ass off for 90 minutes, but do it calmly and reasonably. With good like, hair. Great hair. Pez dispenser yeah. hair. Yeah. You know, yep. but if you just stand up and, and look presidential and lie and just and just pretend you never even heard of Donald Trump. Um, he, had a, he had an imaginary Donald Trump who was awesome yeah. in his head. <laughs> but that that's where um, the, the idea of journalism gets kicked in the balls again. Right. Because right. It, it is it should be simply unacceptable that a, a contender for the second most powerful job in America, uh, theoretically, at least constitutionally, at least, uh, and the first most powerful job in america it's acceptable that they just lie mm -hmm. and that you just sit there and go well you know uh, let's see you know golly he's he certainly looked presidential and that hair was mighty fine and that tim kane fellow he kept trying to interrupt him yes he did he kept trying to interrupt him to say but you're lying except tim kane's too nice to say things like that so but i also wanted to add that vice presidential debates mean nothing they are absolutely um have, have zero effect on the election, have zero effect on the outcome, it doesn't matter. I am very interested in this upcoming presidential debate. The, the town hall on Sunday yeah. night? Why? Um, because I don't know that Donald Trump has ever talked to normal people. Yeah. One-on-one, uh, -on -one ever. Um, I don't. I know Hillary Clinton has, um, but I'm, um, I'm trying very hard to uh, remind myself there's only 30 more days to go. Yeah. Yeah. And and not to treat, you know, the, the, the um, commercial I heard on the radio, Zip It Around Today doing errands, was uh, professional wrestling. The, the, the blows will be harder. The, the questions will be tougher tomorrow night. <laughs> so, and it really is in that voice. Come on down to the U.S. Dirty Drag Strip and watch them big ones drive, 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 drive. <laughs> and it was, it was, this, this is for television. This is just professional wrestling. This is just drag racing. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where I, I really can't wait for the mainstream media to just die and go away and be replaced with something else because it is exhausting to have no honest broker of the news that I can go to other than my wife. 
<laughs> really, at this point, it, it's just, I mean, there our local paper is fine as far as it goes. But at the national level, there really is no place to go where the, the source of information you're getting is so polluted by commercial interests and by the desperate need to appease both sides, the right guys and the wrong guys, the good guys and the bad guys, mm -hmm. that you can trust anything they're saying. There, there's a sliver that comes out every now and then with Rachel Maddow, and Chris Hayes does a pretty good job most of the time, and mm -hmm. Joy Reid is awesome. But really, if you're saying the entire spectrum of cable news, the entire spectrum of broadcast-free network news, you can trust what two and a half people say for a few hours a week, and everything else is, eh, who knows? I mean, you know, Chris Matthews brings on, you know, uh, Dana Lash mm -hmm. and Ann Coulter. So I don't trust a goddamn thing he says. He is so deep, you know, he's, he's so up to his eyeballs in, in the commercial side of it. Mm -hmm. in selling the product that is Chris Matthews to whoever mm -hmm. will buy it. I can't trust a fucking word the man says. So the idea that we are now on purpose and voluntarily, again, we're not a, we're not a conquered people. We're not a subjugated people. We let our media do this. Mm -hmm. We chose to let the free market decide what gets you know pumped into our homes. And it turned out, oh, it's shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's shit to sell product. And but but even the mainstream media where they're, continual need to make it both sides uh -huh. cannot fix a candidate who continually steps on his own neck. No. And so, and that's what's changed, I think is, and, and I'm going to be really interested to see what happens in January and how Chuck Todd and, and as you say, Chris Matthews and a lot of these guys figure out how they're going to rebuild the Republican party to be that character in their puppet show so they can have both sides right and mm -hmm. and part of what they're going to do i know i've said this before is uh question hillary clinton's mandate right uh they will have paul ryan on 24 7 as the republican uh-huh and 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 donald trump's name will not be mentioned i imagine for eight weeks i'll bet you they have you know ron johnson and Charles Krauthammer and, and uh, uh, you know, members of Congress who are uh, stable on their shows constantly as Republicans. And Donald Trump's name will not be mentioned once. No, but, so, but I will. But I, I, I just popped this up. I hope the video doesn't um, autoplay. Yeah, because <laughs> well, let me just uh, let me just zip in real quick. If it starts to autoplay, I'll just cut it out. Okay. Um, it was it's ABC News. It's Matthew Dowd. Mm -hmm. Matthew, oh, there we go. We're auto playing. That's great. Um, I'll, I'll shut this down. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, That's... But it, it's it's the same fucking story. It's Matthew Dowd saying they're both very very disliked. It's the worst candidacy in history. He uses the phrase corrupt duopoly. So oh he cuts $115 from Michael Bloomberg. Right. That's the deal. Right. And he says, you know. The, the real problem is that whoever wins, the other side will be so angry and it's going to be such a close election that that person won't have a mandate and won't be able to govern. He's the already saying it. So he's yes. preloading pre that right. argument. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just want to, after, you know, bouncing him off the walls for a few minutes, yeah. in a friendly, yeah. loving way, <laughs> um, say, but Barack Obama had a fucking mandate, man. Yeah. Barack Obama walked into office having won with more votes than any president in history. He walked in with a huge mandate and the Republican Party said, what the hell can we do to kneecap this guy as fast and as brutally right. as possible? Right. Right. So the idea that winning with a mandate has will ever convince the Republican Party that you're legitimate if you're if you have a D after your name is ludicrous. It, it is. 
and it's disproven by history over and over again. You cannot make this argument and look at yourself in the mirror and see anything but a lying sack of shit. And that lying sack of shit is going to be on this week, this weekend, and will continue to go sure. on and publish sure. opinions because that opinion is the absolute unbreakable first commandment of American journalism. Commercial viability. Yeah. When I see when I start to see that crack, I will have some hope for. Uh, for the future of journalism in the near term. In the long term, it, it is unsustainable. It uh, is unsustainable, and it may be unsustainable sooner than they think. Yeah. I am going to be very interested also to see how many Republicans stay home this year, and I don't think the media is prepared for that. I don't think the media – because no one answers a pollster by saying, I'm not going to vote. They they If they are talking to a pollster and haven't hung up on him already – they are going to say that they're for one side or the other or, or the third party. I also want to mention, uh, since we're just sort of um, uh, winding down here, that the Atlantic um, magazine, Yep. Uh, in case you haven't heard this, issued their first endorsement. They're, they've only endorsed two presidents in the last century and a half. Mm -hmm. And that was mm -hmm. Lincoln and Johnson. Yep. Because Goldwater scared the shit out of them. Yeah. And they have endorsed Hillary Clinton. And they endorsed Hillary Clinton um, by saying that Donald Trump is the most ostentatiously unqualified major party candidate in the 227-year history of the American presidency. And mm -hmm. just rip him apart. Um, he's an information – he's an infomercial uh, huckster. He traffics in conspiracy theories. He's a racist. You name it. So the question that follows that, and that's the question that very few people are asking because the answer is so deeply disturbing – that nobody really in the media wants to talk about is if all those things are true, if Donald Trump really is that ob objectively insane and dangerous and ostentatiously unqualified and racist and unhinged, how is it that 40 million people love him and will follow him right off a cliff? Mm -hmm. What the fuck happened in this country that turned 40 to 50 million of our fellow citizens into brain dead fascist zombies so completely up to their eyeballs in in conspiracy nonsense and lies, drowning in it, and happily so, that they would follow this lunatic right off a cliff. Well, and we're going to find out whether it's 40 million or not. And I, I'll be, I'll be really interested to see if it's 40 million or not. Actually, that was the one moment I thought that uh, Mark Halperin had a moment of clarity when he said, it doesn't matter. They, this Republican nominee for president, whoever it is, is legitimate enough that he will get 40 million votes. It does not matter what right. he says or who he is or what he stands for. There are just people out there that are loyal. And again, I think it's, it's the belief that uh, politics is team sport, and I'm for this team, and that's my team, and that is my identity, and therefore... Uh, I'm not disloyal to my team, even if they put up somebody that I don't particularly like. Uh, and, you know, the number of people who went to the polls in November for Romney, even though not Romney was the winner of that primary season. Uh -huh. You know, you went and voted for Romney because you're a Republican and he'll be all right. It'll be good enough. And uh, and we have that argument going on now, which is Mike Pence will keep Donald Trump in line. And Paul Ryan has made a promise that. You're going to get your tax cuts. You're going to get your uh, Obamacare rescinded. Don't you worry. And don't don't worry. you worry. You know, we're going to bring coal back. We're going to deregulate fossil fuels because, you know, climate change is a hoax. So, you know, those core principles are going to be enforced regardless of whether Trump is crazy or not. So that team sports element of it. Uh, but I'll be really interested to see, particularly with women Republican voters, 
Uh-huh. How many of them just say, nope, I don't have to go vote today. I do not have to do it. Well, we know who our team is. It's our podcast <laughs> listeners. Hey. And each week, you know what each we do every week, week? You know what we do each week? Each week we post to our Facebook page and website an Internet Kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's Internet Kitty is Nelson. Nelson was named after Admiral Nelson. But now that he is a teenager, he is known by his alternative name, Theon Greyfat. Uh, Game of Thrones kitties for the win. <laughs> and we love Theon, and you should go visit him at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com. You can send your internet kitty to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, or you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service, go, go postal, postal unions. unions, letter on the air, unless you say otherwise. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. And don't forget our Amazon link at our website. We believe in buying local. And we also believe in shopping Amazon with our link if your alternative is a big box store. We had a rather large bill come due this Week. We had a couple of them actually. <sighs> and uh, yeah. Amazon yeah. money paid it. And yeah. uh, so thank you. Thank you for shopping Amazon with our link. It bailed us out this month. Yes, it did. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution. You can too. See our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, for details. Both our PayPal and postal address information is there at professionalleft.blogspot.com. Please rate our show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, and thank you for doing that. So, Drift Glass, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties think Breitbart needs a baby bunny protection time out. Let's think about living. Think about living. Let's think about loving. Think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the wine and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with the switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2016. Drift Glass Blue Gal Podcast.